Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie. Today we have with us three members of the NYU baseball team. We have Gabe Golub, Joe Prisco, and Grant Berman. And they're going to share their stories about being student athletes, but also how they got into baseball and how that became their sport. So on that note, let's welcome the guys. Just to get started, um, can y'all give me kind of your background, where you're from, and what position you play? Uh, we'll start with Gabe. Yeah, so I'm a right-handed pitcher I'm from Los Angeles, California, not too far. Uh, Grant Berman is just right down the street from me, but uh, two, two kids from Encino, California. Um, yeah. Awesome. Grant? So, yeah, um, from Encino, California, uh, went to Notre Dame High School. I'm a catcher, and I'm a junior at, uh, at NYU. Wait, did y'all know each other before coming to NYU? We played Little League together. Like, we went to elementary school together. Played youth ball growing up together. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. I love it. Cool. Joe? Yeah, so I'm also I'm a senior, also a pitcher from the East Coast, though. Uh, Westchester, New York, which is about like an hour north of the city. Awesome. Uh, cool. Let's jump into kind of y'all's stories. So can you tell me some of your earliest memories playing baseball? Gabe, you want to go first? Yeah, I hear stories. I don't know if I remember myself doing this or remember the story, but it was like we were playing at Encino Little League, and it was like my first like week or so playing baseball, and I was in the outfield. Apparently, I got hungry. So instead of like walking in to get a snack, like I just started rolling in from the outfield, um, like literally rolling to go like middle of the game, mid-inning, just to go take a bite of a hot dog because I was hungry. Uh, but everything from that all the way to like just like spending all of our day at ELL just – playing butts up or playing uh pickle or or um you know wiffle ball just stuff like that just always being around being always being outside with 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 a group of guys that we had there um pretty much how i remember growing up playing baseball before things got got competitive and serious that's so funny because growing up i had a friend who played softball with me and she she hated it um long story short and she would take a book out and put her book in her glove so that's kind of what that reminds me of just tuning out a little bit um, but that's so funny. I love that. It's cute. Nowadays, uh, nowadays kids bring their phones out to the outfield and they're on their phones. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were before that. That's crazy. <laughs> we're old now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Grant, you want to go? Um, yeah. So mine was, I think I was 10 years old. Um, I was playing for a team actually where Gabe went to high school, one of their like youth program, one of their teams. And I was the leadoff hitter. It was like 100 degrees out, like California summer. Uh, we're playing somewhere in the desert, and I hit a leadoff triple. Uh, and then they bring in a new pitcher, a couple full counts, like 10 pitch at-bats. You know, guy gets walks, you know, a couple errors here. And I'm still at third. I swear it's been a half hour that goes. Um, I've been catching the whole game. And out of nowhere, I don't know what went in my head. I just I took off. Like, I went to steal home. Ball beat me. I'm not a fat – like, these two can attest. I'm not fast. It's not part of my game. Um, ball beats me by, like, maybe 10 steps. And I just lower my shoulder. Kid goes flying. Coaches come out. They start screaming at me. They're, the opposing team's going. Their coaches are yelling at Ari, saying, like, you told them to do that. They're like, you know, it's a 13-to-1 game. Why would we tell him to steal home? Um, I get tossed. We get suspended for the next game. I, I honestly blacked out. I couldn't tell you what happened. I tried to steal home or level the catcher, but that's just a, just a fun baseball memory of mine. Cool. Joe? Yeah, so my first baseball memory is actually, like, weirdly vivid. 
uh, I was in kindergarten, so like five years old. I was on the San Francisco Giants, and it was like it was like dad pitch, you know, like underhand, like a softball, like a squishy ball. And I just remember just like smacking it and just running around the bases. Like the kids aren't gonna make a play when they're five years old, so I just remember like running, just running until someone told me to stop. Just like not even stopping, like pass home play. I just kept going. That's funny. You got so excited. You had to keep going. Didn't want it to end. I love that. Yeah. That's so fun. I can't relate. Um, I hated running when I played softball. Um, yeah, home base could not come, could not come close enough. But that's so cute. I love it. Um, so let's go from high school to college. Why did y'all pick NYU? Um, yeah, I guess how was that coming out of college, and how's it been so far, Gabe? Yeah, so I was actually committed to the Naval Academy out of high school. Um, so I got recruited pretty early out of, out of Harvard Psych and knew that I wanted to go play at an academy. Um, ended up choosing Navy. They sent me to the Naval Academy Prep School in Newport, Rhode Island, um, which was like a one-year gig and then with no commitment to really go to the academy afterwards, but that is sort of why it's there. Um, you know, it's a year to take chemistry, physics, calculus, English, and sort of get accustomed to, to living that military lifestyle. Um, so did that for, for that year while I was there. Um, just wanted to be able to have a chance to go play pro baseball and realize that the academy, um, while it's an incredible, an amazing institution, an incredible opportunity, just didn't – it was going to had to be so much better. The bar was so much higher because of the service obligation. And, you know, you see guys like Noah Song, um, who's just absolutely filthy, go in the second round who now is going to flight school for, for a couple of years before he's able to even play for the Red Sox. Um, so out of that, um, you know, I got a call from Coach Kimbler. He knew that I was looking around at where to go to school. Um, you know, he took me through MCU Park, took me through uh, NYU, and also just I knew that I wanted to be either in sports management or in real estate. Um, and so uh, it just made the most a sense to be able to go to a school like NYU, have an opportunity to play and really contribute right away as a freshman and also have an amazing education and be either in sport and sports management, real estate. I love it. Grant? Um, well, similarly to, I mean, both Gabe and Joe, um, I, I initially wanted to go to a, like a division one program, like, you know, every kid does um, growing up playing high school sports. And I was, gonna, I was leaning towards going that route. And then I met Coach Kimbler at a showcase, and he kind of helped open my eyes to, you know, what going to be in, an academic athlete really means. And uh, I have a brother who's eight years older than me who uh, at the time was living in the city. So um, after taking my visit there, had, knowing that I had my brother in the city, who's like my best friend, um, and then everything NYU both on and off the field has to offer, um, it was just – it was really tough to, to turn down. Um, and it was – the best decision I've made. So I'm beyond happy being at uh, NYU. I'm glad you're happy. That makes me happy. <laughs> um, Joe, you want to go? Yeah. So I chose NYU because of its high academic standard. You know, I knew it would prepare me for life after school. And then obviously, like being in New York City kind of speaks for itself, like just endless things to do. It's a great spot to be. Um, and then on the field, um, I was interested on the baseball side because uh, we're a young program. I think it's like our seventh year right now. So to be a part of the growth of the program, like we've gotten better every year. So that was very interesting. And then also Coach Kimbler with that, he 
emphasize how like our freshman class would play immediately. So that was something I wanted to do. Can you tell me a little bit about being a student athlete at NYU? I know like there's a lot of like intense academic rigor. Also like living in New York City, there's a lot of options of things to do. So I guess, how do you stay focused and like be really great in the classroom and on the field? Um, how do you balance that student athlete lifestyle living in New York City? Gabe? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the one thing I always tell people who call me and ask me about NYU and what it's like to be a, like, what being a student athlete, what being a baseball player is like. Um, everybody knows that New York City has a million different things to do. Nightlife, uh, restaurants, you know, Broadway, all, all the whatever, whatever you want to do in New York City, you're going to have access to. Um, it is hard to balance class. Uh, I think that was a adjusting from uh, sort of the military to being at home to no rules and now being on my own in New York City with everything to do. That freshman fall was sort of a, a, an adjustment period. Um, and then since then, it was sort of easier to focus on just do the work in school. And then for me, just put blinders on it and just get after the work that I wanted to get done for baseball. Uh, I knew that I wanted to contribute. I knew that I wanted to be a starter and I had to earn that opportunity. So uh, I think the hardest part about being a student athlete is finding places when we're not practicing as a team to, to play together, uh, to work out together, to throw together. Um, I think that we do a really good job of the fall in a traditional non-COVID year uh, of being together every day in the fall for, for the four weeks that we can, um, but it's just four weeks. And then we're on our own until you know, three weeks before the season starts and we're back on campus in the spring uh, and we're expected to be ready to go. So the hardest thing is really finding places, um, whether it's East River, whether it's Thompson Square Park or, or places uh, all throughout New York City to be able to throw and be able to be together and get our work in. So I think that's the challenge, but um, I think we do a really good job. And I think our team this year, uh, with, the, with all the COVID stuff, the guys that were in New York did an unbelievable job, and Joe and Grant did an incredible job of you know, organizing them and, and leading those guys that were in the city. Yeah, I'm thinking I don't see very many baseball fields in Manhattan. Kind of hard to find. <laughs> um, well, Grant, yeah. you want to go? Um, I mean, similarly to what Gabe touched upon, obviously when you come into college, whether you're an athlete or not, I think it takes some time adjusting. Um, but for me personally, I think baseball has been my, you know, my biggest teacher just throughout my life. And it's, you know, whether you're in a middle school or high school, you had to learn how to manage your time. You know, you have practice, you have workouts, family, dinner, schoolwork, whatever it may be. Um, so I've always been, I think, pretty good at balancing my time. Um, so when I got to NYU, um, it was not much different. Obviously, school is incredibly challenging, um, but I, I do enjoy a challenge. Um, so to me, it was, it's, it's been a good time and it's been fun. Uh, but yeah, I do think the most difficult part about being a student athlete at NYU is the, the lack of um, facilities. And NYU just does a great job of trying to help us um, get as much time on fields and, and facilities as possible. But um, you know, I'm lucky enough, like I have a batting cage in my backyard that like I built when I was in high school. So um, I've been able to, whenever I want to go get my work in, I'm able to go get my work in. And so when I'm in the city, it's not really the same. So it took some time adjusting to that. But, um, you know, you got to make adjustments all the time. So it's, uh, it's been good. Yeah, you got to make it work. And I think if anything, this year kind of made everybody figure out how to make it work, whatever it is, everybody had to figure it out. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Joe, 
how do you feel about being a student athlete? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny that you asked this because out of everything to do in the city, I think for me, baseball training is probably the hardest thing to find. Um, uh, like, for example, we play, we play in Coney Island, which is an hour away. But, I mean, it's a beautiful facility, so it makes that worth it. Um, like, when we train, we go up to, like, 60th Street. Um, just try, yeah, trying to find places wherever we can. Um, so that's a challenge, like, the, like these guys mentioned. But being at NYU also has, it, has its perks. Like, we get to go uh, in spring training, uh, spring break. We get to go to the Yankees facility in Florida. So, you know, it's, like, it's a give and a take where, like, we have to work a little extra harder to – get these facilities but there are perks that come with it that sounds cool can i come <laughs> i've been yeah. down there once it's so nice yeah no it's a great trip yeah for sure so fun. we have to play on all the backfields uh right after it's like there'll be minor league games happening right before we get on the field and sort of get to see and watch how minor league baseball is run in spring training and uh i learned a ton personally i didn't know that there was no like oral levels uh, to minor league baseball, it's like the big league roster, the minor league roster, and inside of the minor leagues, like they're all like guys are running from field to field, um, trying to get at bats in, trying to get innings in. So it's kind of cool to see, and then for us to be able to have an opportunity to play um, on you know Steinbrenner Field in Tampa and to be practicing and where you know, Aaron Judge filmed a commercial and like be on the mound that Garrett Cole's on. Um, it's sort of like it's crazy to to think about the people that have walked on the same spot like we were at. So it's a really cool, cool opportunity that we've had. There was, um, there was a, a time when we were in Florida uh, two years ago uh, where I, I'm a catcher, so I had to warm up somebody in the bullpen. Uh, we had a field shortage, so we're using like one of the – we were literally – there was a Phillies were playing against like I think the minor league Yankees or whatever, and there was a Phillies and Yankees uh, pitcher and catcher warming up in the bullpen, and then the third mound right next to them. And me warming up, I think it might have been Ford Ladd who graduated, um, me warming him up. And there's guys, you know, over there throwing 98 just right on the corner. And <laughs> guys, are, guys weren't even speaking English to each other. Um, and then there's me and Ford, you know, in our purple NYU uniforms. <laughs> guys, it was a pretty good time. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I know when I went down there with my dad, I, I saw CC Sabathia pitch and I it felt I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. Cause like, even though it was spring training, like they were so into it, like avid fans, you know, like me and my dad, like I love the Yankees, love the Yankees my whole life, but I was just sitting there trying to take it in like these aggressive, like older women screaming at CC. I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. They're some of the best fans you'll find. In my yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So cool. Great memories. Um, cool. Let's go back to maybe a not so cool time, but, um, March 11th, um, yeah, COVID hits. What were y'all doing as a team during this time and how did y'all adjust to make things work? I see y'all kind of smiling. So <laughs> curious to see what y'all are going to say. Um, yeah, Gabe, you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Um, March, I think we were, we all we all knew that COVID was was happening. We knew that there was some uncertainty going on with what the rest of the season was going to look like. At that point, you know, we played five games, um, and we had our Florida trip coming up. So that, that what we were just talking about being able to be at Yankee Stadium, all that stuff. NYU let us get on the plane. So we, I, at least personally, I, I think Joe and I talked about this. Like, we might not have a full season, but we at least have eight games scheduled in Florida. Like Florida, of all. 
Florida, but any state in, this, in the U.S. right now is going to let us play. Um, so we thought that we were, we were good. We were going to at least have eight games together. Um, we get on a flight. We're there at four in the morning. Um, we get on the practice field at two in the afternoon at, at Yankee Stadium. Um, I'm pretty sure coach was mad about something. So we were literally running like sprints, like punishment sprints, the, uh, like two minutes before we get a call saying that our season's canceled. Um, and you know, that I I'm on the opposite side of the field. I just finished my bullpen. So I'm doing my post recovery and I see coach bring the guys up. And I was like, Oh, Oh, that's not good. Um, and I'm sprinting over there with, with Gassler, uh, with one of my teammates. And we're, we're running over there, just, and I just see all the seniors just, like, basically collapse, like, hands on their knees, just, like, the body language, like, oh, no, they just, they just banged our season, didn't they? Um, and that feeling of all of the work that we had put in and all of, like, not even for myself, but for, like, guys like Jake Cabillion and guys like Cole Tate, guys like Ford Ladd who had worked so hard and done so much for our program, Bruno, um, you know, everybody on that, on that team, on that roster, that those seniors, um, they did so much for the program to have them um, you know, get their, their last hurrah, their send off cut short was, I was gutted for them. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that y'all were down there. Yeah. We were in Florida. We were in Florida for like 24 hours and they put us on a flight the next day. Did they, they sent y'all back to New York or mm-hmm. home? <laughs> I don't know. Dispersed. We had the, we had the choice to go. Um, where we needed to gotcha but yeah so for me I remember so we're in the airport I remember I think we got there like you know as a team needs to like two hours three hours before the flight we're all sitting there like sleeping on the floor and I get like, a text from one of my buddies who plays at a, a school in the NESCAC saying that like a bunch of their teams just canceled their season like you guys are definitely coming next and I remember like all the guys on our team we start debating you know some people are like we're not having a season I was so foolish. I remember being like, we're at least playing in Florida. Like, there's no why NYU is paying for us to get on a flight and they're not going to have us play games. Like, you know, from an economic standpoint, that makes no sense. Like, we're playing. Like, you guys get ready. To, and I remember, like, same thing. We had to uh, practice on the field in Florida. Like, dropped our bags off, went straight to the field. I had, a, personally, like, a great batting practice session. I was locked in. I was like, let's go. Um, coach brings us up after I catch bullpens and, uh, yeah, similarly to what Gabe said, um, he gives us the news, all the seniors start, you know, start crying and I'm, you know, I'm an emotional guy, but not really like that. And I, I was bawling like for an hour, two hours, I cannot stop crying. Uh, just because like, I know Gabe briefly mentioned, uh, like he's like an older brother to me, Jake Cabillion. Um, it was not only we wanted to be roommates on every road trip. We were bugging coach since my freshman year. He never led us until Florida. Um, and he never really, you know, he didn't really have his time on the field. And he had been putting in so much time on and off the field. Uh, me and him going down, you know, Sunday mornings when it's our only off day. We'd go down to the field and long toss. He was doing everything in his power to get himself on the field. And it was definitely going to be his year. Like, he was going to be a key contributor. And then seeing that being taken away from him and, you know, all the other seniors as well. Not to mention, you know, freshmen still haven't really gotten to experience what a real baseball season's like. Like, it's affected everyone, but especially those seniors who are, like, family. It was, it was tough to see their baseball careers end like that. Yeah, that's so hard. So hard. Joe, what were you up to? Yeah, no, these guys described it pretty much perfectly. Um, 
which was a crazy time. Like I remember sitting on the plane at the airport as we were ready to go and just getting notifications like Big East tournament canceled, ACC tournament canceled. Like if these major D1 basketball tournaments are getting canceled, like yeah. I don't feel so great about a, a D3 baseball team. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, once, once we finally got the news on that practice field, I, I just have never seen more college men <laughs> cry so hard at one time. Like it was nuts. Yeah, that's so hard. That's so hard. Oh, well, how's it been, I guess, after that? Like, what have y'all been up to You're trying to... fuels right now. You're bringing I know, up... I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to bounce back. <laughs> um, I could tell, though. I could tell the, the mood dropped. But that's okay. Um, we'll get back into it. But what have y'all been doing since then? Um, how are y'all staying in touch? What have virtual trainings been like? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm on Zoom all day, every day. I'm sure y'all are on Zoom even more than I've been on Zoom. Um, yeah, what's that been like? I think Coach has done a good job of letting sort of Grant, Joe, and I are sort of the captains for, for this year's team. And um, I think everybody other than myself uh, and two other pitchers were in New York City for the fall semester. Um, and personally, like when, like to, when I look at uh, this whole year and what COVID has brought, um, trying to look at the, like the silver lining of it is we've had like nine months of unfiltered, like, player like the time just develop um like so many just exposed so many weaknesses that like i was able to just get in the lab with, with the guys at driveline just like i right, hear all the things i'm bad at i'm not strong enough i'm not strong, like powerful enough i don't throw the ball hard enough you know my my spin pitches aren't good enough like to get to to where we want to be um like let's go attack it and so for the past nine months all we've done is you know eat sleep train um attack deficiencies and be able to be with uh, for me personally, like, I think the best people in baseball, the best minds when it comes to player development, pitching development. Uh, so I've been really lucky and very fortunate to, to be in Seattle with them uh, and then come home and like Grant has his, his backyard set up. Um, I got a mound and a bonnet and uh, some stuff to be able to work out at my house. So I've been able to, to, to just train um, and keep the eye on the prize of, you know, when, when this all lifts and hopefully it's, it's soon we get to be on the field together and, um, and Grant, Grant's got some cooking for the summer and, you know, getting ready for summer baseball and um, get a chance to, to play hopefully for NYU. And if not, then be ready for, for summer baseball. And, and after that, so I've been trying to use it as a positive um, staying in touch with guys. is hard. I know that I text Grant and Joe probably the most out of anybody, um, but you know, it's hard to, to be alone. It's hard to train or throw into a net or um, to do all this stuff without the team. Cause I think the team is the best part of, of why we play and, and just being with our guys every day and making fun of, of each other and laughing on the bus and, and being on the bus for, you know, two hours to and from practice. Like it just brings us really close together or late night lifts or early morning, you know, crazy craziness on the bus. Um, you know, just that sort of stuff is what I think makes NYU baseball really special. Um, and it's something that I've missed the most. Yeah, definitely. Baseball is not really an individual sport. Um, I think the the team aspect is kind of what y'all crave and like you need that, you know, to bounce off of each other and stuff and grow as a team. I was talking to um, a swimmer a few weeks ago and he was saying, he was like, it's great for my training and stuff, but I'm going crazy without my team. And I was like, wow, I've never thought of swimming as that much of a team sport and I was like if these swimmers are needing that I can't imagine how basketball teams baseball teams football teams how they're feeling right now but Grant you want to add anything yeah for um for me one just staying in contact with our team um 
you know, like it's difficult, um, but I do think it's crucial, um, especially as us three being the leaders of the team. Uh, it's, it's good to uh, try to hold guys accountable and just make sure that everyone's doing well, you know. It's tough mentally for a lot of people during these times, you know, everyone's being affected in different ways. So I think just making sure everyone's, you know, first and foremost, happy, healthy, okay. And then moving on to a baseball standpoint. Um, I think that coronavirus is going to show a lot about what different athletes are made of, because this is really like, in my opinion, like a fight or flight type of time to where, you know, if you're really passionate about the sport um, and you really want to get better, there's zero excuses why you can't, you know, yeah, we don't all have access to gyms anymore like we used to, or, you know, baseball fields like we usually could. You can do anything like you could, you know, like I was putting, I remember I was putting old books in my backpack, putting a towel through it and using it as dumbbells at the beginning of quarantine. Like there's really no excuses to how you can get your work done. Um, so for me, it's allowed me to take a step back and kind of, like Gabe said, focus on what I'm not good at. Um, Cause I think, I think people in general just like to focus on their strengths, you know, it makes them feel good, warm and fuzzy. Um, but it doesn't get you better. So I've really looked at what I'm not good at when it comes to baseball um, and just as a person, leadership, and uh, try to grow in all those areas. Yeah, definitely. I've seen the funniest videos of athletes working out in their homes. Like um, one of my friends who plays in the NFL, he was posting pictures holding like a microwave above his head doing squats in his kitchen. I was like, wow, really making it work. But that's so fun. Um, you know, like we were saying earlier, got to make it work. And the what you said on strengths is um, huge. I had another podcast guest a few weeks ago saying like at the end of COVID, like people should have way less weaknesses than they did before because there's no point to just sit and like know that you have those in the back of your mind when you could be pushing yourself um, during these last however many eight months now. Um, yeah. Joe, you want to add anything? Yeah. So like during like the quarantine phase, if you will, like over the summer, um our coach did a really good job of like holding meetings every week or bi-weekly so everyone would have a chance for either for him to check in on them or for all the guys like check in on each other we'd have like 50 guys on a zoom um so that was like the main way we communicated when it started and things have gotten more normal i've had a chance to like we've had a chance to see each other in person like on campus um yeah but those zooms were really like really like to find the summer for us as far as like staying in touch with the team. Yeah, I think with us, because we're on Zoom all day for classes and stuff, trying to have those fun, like just hang out Zoom sessions, those are hard. But I guess when you want to see the people like that badly, like when you're not with your team and stuff, it, it'll work, you know, having that fun, not class kind of Zoom, <laughs> those sessions are always good. Um, okay, let's move into some Quick questions, rapid fire. I know I took that from Professor David Cooper, Joe. Um, yeah. <laughs> he always ends his sessions with his rapid fire. Um, but yeah, let's just go. Actually, let's start with Joe this time. And sorry, I'm putting you on the spot, Joe. Um, let's do Joe, Grant, and then Gabe, just to give Gabe a break. You don't have to think on your toes. Um, cool. Okay, let's do um, favorite MLB team. Joe? Well, that's easy. Uh, New York Yankees, best team in the league. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Grant? Uh, the Dodgers. He's the World Series champs. Okay. Gabe? Uh, I have to split it between the Dodgers because I'm from L.A. and grew up and also the Reds. Why the Reds? 
uh, Trevor Bowers, well, at least where he was on the Reds, and uh, had a good opportunity to meet a bunch of those guys and, and train with them. So just a lot of personal connections with, with that organization. Awesome. That was my first softball team. I was on the Reds. I have the little hat, and then I think I was on the Angels. Um, I have a weird assortment of young young girl softball hats. Um, fun. Okay. Um, favorite player, favorite baseball player, Joe? Probably Aroldis Chapman. He's, he's a closer for the Yankees, and I'm, I'm a closer, so I was watching him bring some fire uh, in the ninth <laughs> inning. It was exciting. Yeah, his hype song. The the whole the flames on the on the board yeah. it's so sick. Three sixty um, flames, yeah, that's cool. Yes, <laughs> Grant. I take pride in this answer because I don't think many people have the same one. Um, it's Kike Hernandez. He's a utility Ooh. player on the Dodgers, and if you've ever seen him play, I don't think there's a guy in the MLB that has more fun playing baseball. And he just like you know he reminds me that this is a game like a childhood game that we all love. So, um, yeah, he just has a, he has a way about it, uh, being on the field and enjoying, uh, enjoying the time with the guys. I love that. I love it. A good answer. That's a really good answer. Um, and then mine, I'd say I have a bunch of favorites. I, don't know, I think Trevor, so Bauer, uh, Jack Flaherty, Lucas Giolito, Max Freed, um, Chris Archer are probably, and Walker Bueller. Um, although I don't know Walker person, I really want to meet him and get a chance to talk to him. I think he's such a cool dude and he also throws really hard. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, next one, let's do – can you tell me your first MLB game? I can, I can go first. I Honestly, I remember bits and pieces of this, um, but it was when the Giants and the Angels were in the World Series. I want to say it was 2000 or 2001. I remember my dad, uh, my whole family went. We're not a fan of either, but – you know, when there's a World Series in your area and being big baseball fans, my parents weren't going to miss it. Um, and I remember my parents telling me I was sitting on my dad's lap because during that time you didn't have to buy a kid a seat at a game. Like you could sit on your parents' lap. I remember sitting on my parents' lap and there was a foul ball that came towards my dad. And I remember him trying to like get in the mix and like the pile didn't end up getting it. But <laughs> Pablo. Exactly. Pablo. Man. That's awesome. Gabe? Yeah, I think it was two. Either it was somewhere between 2000 and 2004. The Dodgers were playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, and Steve Finley, who was a player for the Diamondbacks, who the Dodgers recently acquired, hit a walk-off grand slam to to win the NL West. Um, I remember being at Dodger Stadium at our season. We, we, my family got season tickets when right when I was born, so I grew up going to games. But that was the earliest one I can remember of the place going nuts, um, lights flashing. The other one is like. Every time Eric Gagne used to come into the game, the whole stadium, like similar with the Rawls Chapman, the, the stadium over. lights went out, game over went up on the, on, the, uh, on the Jumbotron and all over the different LED boards throughout the stadium. Welcome to the Jungle came on. It was just electric, like that atmosphere. Um, looking at it now, like he only threw like 93, 94, but like it looks so firm and it was like, oh, this guy is so, he's so good. Um, See, so yeah, I think those are the two earliest moments of Dodger Stadium that I can remember. That's so cool. I think it's funny on my screen. It's like Gabe and Grant, and I just feel like L.A. And then me and Joe on the other side, <laughs> Yankees. <laughs> Joe, you want to go? Yeah, I'm kind of sad now because I don't. I don't remember my first game. I feel like that's like something that every baseball player should know. But um, yeah, no, I've been to like a, a ton of games. So 
I mean, yeah, there's nothing better than going out to the ballpark. I can't, I couldn't tell you my first memory though, unfortunately. You know, I guess it's an unfair question because I also, I don't remember my first MLB game. I think it was the White Sox though, which is kind of random for me. Um, but yeah, I just remember it being like a hundred degrees in Chicago and I was like, why are we here? <laughs> I was not excited about it. Um, I mean, Alabama doesn't have a team though, so I don't really follow no. you. No, we definitely don't. We have the Birmingham Barons. Um, those games are fun, actually. I used to go to a bunch of those in high school with my friends. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the Barons are really cool. Um, haven't been in a while, but maybe we'll make it back. It's a good, I guess, casual kind of pastime, fun thing in the summer with my friends. But yeah. Um, okay, just a couple more. Do y'all have pregame rituals or something that you do before every game, some kind of weird superstition or something? <laughs> Anybody can go first. I don't know if you want to think about it. Uh, I'm incredible. I already know Gabe's going to go off on a little tangent. <laughs> his, when he's pitching, like, you don't want to talk to the guy. But uh, and, I'm, and I'm his catcher, and I try to not talk to him as well. Uh, but uh, personally, um, I'm a big fan of, you know, I'm only superstitious when I'm hot. You know, when I'm not playing well, I have absolutely no superstitions. Uh, but when I'm playing well, I usually listen to like the same playlist on the bus ride over. Um, I get like I get dressed in the same exact way, like like right sock on first, you know, like that type of stuff. And then I'm a big like I just like to do the best things that like prepare me for the game more than like you know mental or you know a little superstition. So as soon as we finish uh, batting practice, I grab our hitting coach, Coach Mobs, um, and go into like the inside cage and go hit with him a little bit more until I feel ready and then right from that point it's get dressed and get with whoever the starting pitcher is and get on their routine because every other pitcher has their own routine um but then when I'm not playing well um my dad is a big fan of two dollar bills so when I was a kid and I wasn't playing well he'd put one in my pocket and be like now you're gonna play well trust me and it's really worked since I was a kid so whenever I'm struggling I fold up a two dollar bill and I put it in my back left pocket and stays there until I uh start swinging the bat so wow i don't think i have the two dollar bills on standby like if i need those <laughs> might might have to make that happen then so yeah I can, uh, pull maybe that's what i need <laughs> that's awesome uh, gabe or joe you want to jump in joe what do you got oh you're, you're saving yourself for last huh you got you know you got you got something in the store i just i mean you guys know i think it's not, I'm not like superstitious though. It's just a routine. Yeah. No, I'm not very superstitious either. I just, I lay my jersey out the night before. So that, like, I feel like I'm prepared. I'm not like, cause we'll have some early buses. So I mean, so to make sure I'm not like scrambling in the morning. Um, I, yeah, I listen to the same song every time I get off the bus to the field. Um, it'll like change every year, but there's one that will get me like fired up. Um, and other than that, yeah, just like the same routine before I go in, but every pitcher has that. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. I think routine, I think, for pitchers is so important. That, like, like I was saying, like, he has his his routine when he's hot. Um, I try and have the same routine every single start, whether I'm throwing well or, or just absolutely awful. Um, just some sort of level of consistency. But, like I was saying, I don't like to really talk um, before I pitch. I like to just sort of – I have an idea of what I want to do that day. Um, and I know that I've prepared. I'm also just like, and I don't really talk to anybody about this. Like I just get so nervous 
before the game, like before opening day last year, I remember just walking through New York City, just like super anxious about starting opening day, just being like, I, what is going on? Like, it's a start. I was on the phone with, with guys, uh, with, with guys at drive lines, like what, what is happening? Why am I so nervous? Um, and then sort of talk to some, some mentors, talk to some people that, that I know that have pitched in big games or have pitched in, in situations that, you know, it feels like there's so much on the line with every game, especially in a short, uh, what we knew was going to be somewhat of a shortened season, especially this year now, knowing that every start is going to matter so much, but um, put my headphones on, um, sort of get into a rhythm of the music and sort of let, let that go and get into Heavy that sort of metal blasting. Yeah. From six inches behind the plate, I can hear it from the mound blaring out of his yeah. ear. Just, just, it gets, I have to be, it's like a, a combination of being like super angry, but also very focused. Um, and so like nothing else is going on. There's no other thoughts other than warming up, stretching, you know, getting loose and then throwing to Grant and, and saying like, feeling how everything works in the pen. And then knowing that like, once I have that, feel of like oh i'm gonna throw the ball really i can i can go hit his glove every single time then it's like all right now we're gonna go have a good day um but it is it is definitely i'm probably one of the more intense um guys before a game on our roster i i feel like okay gabe and joe y'all have like more routine but grant sounds superstitious like out of all of you that i feel like the superstition comes from grant but he plays every day so like he's got he's got i feel like there's got to be a, a superstition thing to keep him to keep him going because I can't imagine what it's like to play every day, um, especially as a catcher, just getting beat up and losing your legs half the time, especially because I'm going to bounce like a million fastballs and just bury him sometimes because I suck. Um, and I just feel so bad. I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, to have to deal with a staff that, that's bouncing pitches and everything and getting him all beat up and his superstitions work. I mean, dude, dude went off last year. <laughs> I, it's been a thing since I was a kid. I mean, I have the same thing as Joe. Like, I listen to the same bu- uh, song coming off the bus. But for me, it's just like I try not to let my superstitions take away from my focus. Like, I'm not like that guy. Like, I've played with guys who are like bad uh, with superstitions. I'm not like that. Um, but I will, like, you know, if, for example, like Cole Tate, you know, graduated last year. If he was swinging a hot bat, I'll definitely go touch my bat to his before I go up to the plate. You know, I will try to get some of that good energy with me. Uh, I do believe in that. So, yeah, baseball is a very superstitious sport. I, I can tell. I can tell. I I've never felt this. My softball career ended in about like the sixth grade, so I never really got to y'all's level. <laughs> but I feel it. That's awesome. Um, okay, two more. Uh, I wanted to ask y'all about the music that y'all listened to before the games. Y'all all kind of touched on it. Um, can you give me some specifics? I guess what's your your hype song or like your theme song if you have one? All right, I could start. I could start this off. So actually, I think this help has helped me a lot throughout the years. I used to be a big fan of listening to like you know like rap music that you'd want to listen to like when you're in the gym. Like that type of music used to be my pregame playlist. But then I found that I was like hyping myself up too much. And I was like so hyped up for five, because you know, you get to the field four hours early. So I, I was like so hyped up. But by the time game time came, I was like, you know, slight, slightly drained from being so excited. Um, so as I've gotten older, I'm a big country fan. So I listen to a lot of country music. Uh, sometimes on the bus, I'll play some like Ed Sheeran, something that gets me oh. just like, in my, something in my feels. Um, and then, you know, my walk-up songs will be something that's a little bit more, like, 
that gets me locked in, gets me fired up. But I try to stay as loose as possible until then. Wow, I was not expecting country from you. I don't know why. I just wasn't expecting that. I mean, being I get that, I get that a lot, but I don't know. Yeah, spent some time in Texas this summer. Uh, a lot of my my teammates out there helped me out with that. Um, and yeah, you know, dirt on my boots um, was my walk up song last. Year. Uh, dude, that's fire. Ed Sheeran's also a power move. If I'm not pitching that day, Ed Sheeran to the field Eddie, is absolutely Eddie's it. Some, Eddie's got some good music. He's good. Joe, what do you got? Yeah, I can't relate to Ed Sheeran. Um, but, yeah, this comes as a surprise to a lot of people. I'm, I'm a big hip-hop rap guy. Big surprise to a lot of people. But, um, yeah, favorite guy is Gunna by far. I don't know if you've heard of Gunna. Uh, my walkout song the past two years was Drip Too Hard, which just fits me, you know. It's good to It is a staple, though. Like, if you're in, like if you're like in, like, the clubhouse and you hear the song, like, you know it's Joe coming out. Like, there, it can't be mistaken for anyone else. Wow. Yeah. Joe's, Joe's been helping me get on the, uh, the gunner train and, uh, little baby and the baby. I've been, I've been, I've been new on that, on that rap train, uh, lately. Um, Joe and, and Loth will send me some songs to listen to. Uh, I think Grant's right on though with like, I would want to like get super angry and super locked in like at six in the morning and like games at noon. So it's like, by the time noon came around, I was just so exhausted. So it was like, also listen to like metal also listen to like heavy stuff but just like slower tempo like more like groovy stuff so like uh bands like amana marth uh bands like parkway drive and i prevail in flames were all sort of towards the end where it's like all right let's get angry and let's go um but just finding some some cool stuff just like that i can like vibe with uh but still like sort of enjoy like that rhythm of this is the only thing that matters right now. Just sort of be locked in, be aware of how I'm feeling that day, sort of check in with myself and then let, let, let the rage come and let it eat. Okay. So all of y'all have surprised me. <laughs> I don't know. There, I mean, it's so different, like between the three of y'all, like what y'all need and like what y'all feel is so different. Um, but I think that's, that's only on start day though. I will caveat that, that Ed Sheeran, John Mayer country on the way to the field when you're not pitching, it's the move. Good to know. I, maybe I should, I don't know why I need to channel this, but I feel like I need to take some of this from y'all and go with it. <laughs> I don't know, prepping for the podcast or something. I need a hype song, maybe. Exactly, throw those headphones in, get locked yeah. in. <laughs> yes, um, awesome. Well, last question. Um, I always end my shows on advice. So I want to ask, um, what advice would you give to like your, let's say like, fifth grade self young grant gave joe what advice would you give to them knowing that you're trying to pursue a career in baseball um yeah advice to your younger self what would you say i would say um i think i was a little naive growing up because i came from a big baseball town um you know like we've had a lot of pro guys come out of our area and i've been fortunate enough to train with a lot of those guys um, so I, you know, when I was younger, I was like, you know, what? it's going to be high school, get drafted out of high school, go to the league. Like that's where I genuinely thought that was my path. Um, so I would tell my younger self having a chip on your shoulder is a good thing. Um, stay humble and, uh, yeah, don't let anyone outwork you. Um, I think that that's something that a lot of, you know, athletes say, talk about work ethic, but I really do think it rings true that, uh, you'll see that the separation between the guys who are naturally gifted and the guys who just really are like our workhorses 
you know, it becomes very clear as you get older. Definitely, definitely. Um, Gabe and Joe, what y'all got? Yeah, I think if I was telling fifth grade self, and I'm actually sort of dealing with this with my cousin, uh, my cousin's in fourth grade right now and, and asking about, he wants to go pitch in high school and, and pitch beyond that. And so I think the biggest thing that I would have told myself is stop caring what other people say. Like stop caring how people perceive you and stop caring about everything. Like, like be a good person for you. Like if fifth grade Gabe can look in the mirror and be like, I like myself and I'm doing everything that I can. Like one, like just buy into yourself and stop caring how people perceive you, what people think of you. Cause it doesn't matter. Um, it matters what you think of you. And the other thing I would have told myself is, is at the youth level and in high school, it's not about, and this is like sort of where I get into a little bit of like controversy with other, other uh, like schools of thought is it doesn't matter if you can paint, if you throw 80 miles an hour and you can like spin it and you can get guys out, no one cares. The guys that get drafted out of high school throw 95 and they're first rounders and they don't need to know where the ball's going. Um, like get really strong, throw the ball really hard and that should be the priority and stop caring um, and, and trusting yourself. And, and like, once I was, once I was able to look in the mirror and be like, I like myself and I like my work ethic and I like the way that I'm going and I believe in myself, things have started to click. Um, so if I could have told myself that at a fifth grade level, um, I think would have been much happier growing up through through middle school, through high school. I like that it's kind of coming like full circle for you. Like you're helping your cousin and I don't know, I'm sure that's kind of cool to see it, see it play out when it's not you. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. Uh, Joe, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, I would tell my younger self mainly to just surround, my, well, surround yourself with the with the best people possible, like people that would motivate you to be better, to get better every day. Um, and also just that there's always a bigger fish in the sea. Um, no matter how many strikeouts you have in a little league game, there's always, you know, room to get better. You're never going to be the best player. Just always keep that head down and work hard. That's great. Oh, I love it. I love that y'all can kind of like reflect on that too. And like y'all are thinking about these things, which is really great. Um, Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I know this was super fun for me. I hope y'all had a good time. I didn't put you on the spot too much. This is my first time doing anything like this and props to you. You, you <laughs> absolutely killed it the way you handled this. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. This was so much fun and good chance to, to connect with everybody again and hopefully be able to, to promote our season and get NYU baseball all, all over the socials again and, and Looking forward to, you know, watching Grant hit like 20 home runs this year and Joe leading D3 and saves again. Awesome. <laughs> if you have any sort of pull, um, can you tell them to let us play this season? Yeah, <laughs> just, just give them a little message that, that we're ready, that we want to we, we play. <laughs> we will wear masks. We will do anything. Throw us in a motel for three Love months. It. <laughs> just let us sleep at MCU. Just put heat it, put some mattresses there. We got a whole concourse. We're, we're good to go. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's fun. We'll see. We'll see. And that's a wrap on our first episode of AWA Goes to Uni. Thanks so much, Gabe, Joe, and Grant, for taking the time to share your stories. Next on Adventures with Aggie, we have our second episode of AWA Goes to Uni, featuring two members of the Endicott College soccer team named Jamie Becker and Matt Cronin. So stay tuned for Thursday morning at 10 a.m. to hear the next episode.